everyone. Welcome to Resourceful Humans, the podcast for HR professionals. I am your host, Corey Haber, and I have here with me Ira and Rachel. They are both fantastic virtual networkers, so I wanted to bring them on to give us some pro tips on kind of what to do, what not to do, and, and why everyone should be a pro at, at virtual networking. So thanks for coming on today, Ira and Rachel. It's great to have you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's cool. I like Rachel and I like you, so for me- I like Ira and I like Corey. <laughs> well, I like both of you. I won't say which one I like more. Well, that's just rude. It's obviously her. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, you put us together. You put us together and you're recording us and it's just fun to be here. Exactly. Yep. And I want to be wherever Rachel is. Look at that. That is awesome. I'm there mentally. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, let's just start with a fun question. I'm really curious to hear from both of you what your favorite social or virtual networking platform is. I mean, I know you're both very prominent on LinkedIn, but is that your favorite? That's my favorite. That's easy to answer, but that's my favorite. Well, I don't know. I mean, LinkedIn is all about networking, so it's the whole thing. But I think if you have an event, like one off event, I actually like Remo better. And I'll tell you why, because Remo allows you to go around you're sitting at a table of up to six people, which means there's five other folks. You get to engage with them, and then you get to go to other tables and engage with other people. And it's kind of like this look and feel that we have recording, you know, the way we're recording. So I really like that one. Okay, I've actually never heard of that one. So that's, that's good to know. Yeah, so speed networking every Tuesday, really? 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, with Ira on Tuesdays on Reno. I want to try that. Yeah, you can meet more people and you can you can see that new platform I was telling you about. It's really cool. So I are you gonna check it out? <laughs> you're both invited. In fact, everybody who's watching this. I'll be there. Yeah, uh, it's I, speed, it's speed networking. So it's it, the whole point is to meet people and get to know people from all over. And, and I think that's a good alternative too right now when you can't meet people in person. And that's why we look did at it. that in person interaction, that live interaction. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's like, okay, so if, if my business or whatever I'm trying to do requires me to meet more people and I can't go out because of COVID and all this pandemic junk, safely at least, this gives you an opportunity to meet face-to-face, -face, virtually, of course, with people that you wouldn't otherwise get to meet. And I'm your host, so if you like me, then, you know. Oh, that's neat. Me and my friend Mike O'Connor from SPN, we tease each other relentlessly because we're like brothers. And so we host it. We co-host the show together. Definitely love to check it out. Yeah, and it's free, no cost. Oh, perfect. You don't even have to wear pants, but you know, everything from the waist up is required. <laughs> <laughs> You've all seen the videos, people who don't do that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Well, so then the biggest question I have is you know what? I think that there's a big, a lot of misconceptions on a lot of professional and a lot of job titles, industries out there that feel like it's not necessary for them to network virtually. I think that a lot of times people assume that the people that need to virtually network are ones looking for jobs or people looking to market a specific product or um, service. And, and I don't necessarily feel like that's true, but I really think it's important, especially in HR. It's, a, it's very important for them, especially right now. So I want to hear what you guys think as to why you feel like that is. And bringing up the speed networking 
why is that a good thing for HR professionals to do, especially ones that aren't looking for jobs, that are just happy where they are? Good question. Ira, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say ladies first. Let's, uh, let's have you go first. Now, Corey, the answer is so simple. The question people should be asking themselves is why are they not doing this right now? Because when this is all over, none of us know when that's going to be. Let's be honest. People are going to be left behind. And that's the reality of it. If you're not marketing now and you're not networking on social media, you're not going to sustain. You need to take the time. You need to put the effort in. And you need to show up. You need to show up. Or otherwise, yeah, in all honesty, you're going, to be left, you're going to be left behind. And a year later, what's better to ask yourself, why didn't I do this in 2020? That's a question people shouldn't be asking themselves right now. I think that's true. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of piggyback on Rachel's answer because I like that vein, but I'm going to ask it in a little bit different way. What does it hurt you? Answer is it doesn't hurt you at all. So there's, there's more than just one group out there, right? There's job seekers, obviously. There are people that are in sales or marketing or something. There's entrepreneurs, there's venture capitalists, or there's people looking for venture capitalists. I mean, there's all kinds of different people. There is no group that I know of from the CEO, the owner, the solopreneur, the job seeker, the HR director. There's nobody out there um, who is hurt by networking because all networking really is is talking to people that you may or may not already know right and so you're expanding your reach but the biggest reason why everybody including hr should network in my humble opinion is because it allows you a bigger megaphone for when you do have something you need to communicate you now have a method to deliver that perfect case in point i made my living for 20 plus years as an outside door-to-door -door sales rep back in march I was no longer allowed to knock on doors. If I didn't have a virtual network set up, I wouldn't have been able to do my job. And there were plenty of people like that. And there's still people like that, frankly. But also now I'm on the other side of the coin. As of June, I'm a business owner and I make my living completely with LinkedIn specifically, really social media networking. So I deal with HR folks because I'm trying to see if I can help them as a business owner. Opposite side of the coin, one trying to sell them a product or service. Now I'm trying to see if they need my assistance for a whole different thing. Either way, but I've got HR directors who the company they went to work for, it's closed. No fault of their own. Guess right. what? You built a network. Now you have a way to let the world know that you're available and find a job faster. I mean, it just, there's so many different reasons why it helps everybody. As an HR person, you might have um, sources or resources out there that you didn't know existed, but because you network, people are letting you know about it. And now you go, hey, you know what? I can take this to the owner of my company and maybe we have a solution we've been paying for thousands of dollars a month or a year for services that we can get, get now for free. We can take that those resources we were spending on and use those dollars um, for something different or just help increase the bottom line. So th there's benefit. I mean, we could do this whole show on just the benefits of networking. I was thinking the same thing. There's a lot. And so this brings me to a bigger question. Once an HR professional, you know, if even if they are very involved as far as virtual networking, what would be the benefits to them getting their employees involved in that? Do their employees need to be involved in virtual networking? I think that's a question I get very often from HR professionals 
they might be very involved on LinkedIn or other platforms, but their employees are not. And should they even attempt to, to get them involved? Yeah. Oh, they absolutely need to get them involved. There's, there's no reason. I, I firmly believe like these companies need to bring people in like the three of us to teach them how to set their employees up. To put, we can get them going in like a workshop and say, this is what you need to do. This is how it's going to benefit your company. They can't send their employees out into the world. Yeah. I mean, that's unrealistic. We can't go to our conventions. We can't do all the work we are doing. So they need to make sure that their employees are using their voices to represent themselves in the best possible way right now. It doesn't yeah. cost it. What is it going to cost them? Nothing. It's so gonna, LinkedIn. Yeah, and LinkedIn pre-2017, I mean, I joined in 2009. I joined LinkedIn in 2009. And what it really was, it was for recruiters and it was for marketing departments, right? And so some people still have that old mentality where it's like, well, I don't speak for my company. I'm not the official, the official mouthpiece for the company. So it's, I can't speak. And that's not true anymore. And then, you know, some people are like, well, if I don't need a job, I shouldn't be on LinkedIn, which again, that's not true either. LinkedIn has switched gears or shifted gears from being a recruiting only site to being a networking platform. And so the emphasis has gone from business pages and recruiters to, I hate to say everyday Joe's, but it is, it's everyday Joe's. So your whole staff, as long as they're representing themselves kindly and professionally, can help your business in all, as, all, in all facets to just get awareness out about your brand, what you guys do, but also to build relationships because the most important thing about all this is relationships. I would have never come on the show, Corey, if we weren't friends because I get, honestly, I get asked to be on podcasts about three times a day and wow. I just can't, I can't do them all. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm, I'm honored. This one happy. because you're my friend. Well, if we didn't network together, you know what I mean? You would have missed it on that, on that. And so for people who I think they're short-sighted when they go, well, we have a director of marketing or we have a marketing team. I want you guys to focus on, you know, I don't care if it's a customer service rep. I don't care if it's a facilities director. I don't care if it's a C-suite person who thinks they're too cool for school. Everybody should be on LinkedIn. And not only should they be on LinkedIn, they should be active on LinkedIn making comments. Yes. You don't have to be the world's smartest person to be kind. Like being invited to a party and not, and standing in the corner the whole time. It's pointless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you've got the point. Be social on social media. <laughs> and I wanted, I want, actually, I think that's great that you brought that up as far as the presence of the business when they're on LinkedIn, because I will say it just from my own past experience and just other people I've met, if they're looking at a job or interviewing for a job, a lot of times someone will go look at other employees for that company on LinkedIn and, and base a lot of their decision on whether to take that position off of that. What do they, what is their team going to be like? So you're, you're absolutely right. We all, we all know that um, when you go into a job, the dynamics in that company are going to have a huge effect on whether we like it or not. Right. So absolutely glass door, LinkedIn, all these different platforms, indeed, all of them that have a little bit of insight to what the culture of a, a company is, is important. So if you're antisocial on social media, odds are you're going to be antisocial in person. Exactly. And that doesn't bode well for somebody who's considering you. Let's say they've got three offers they're considering. Two of them have great, you know, 
references and employees that are friendly and yours doesn't and they're not and i'm passing i don't even care if you're the top dollar i'm, I'm passing i don't know about you yeah. rachel but that's what i'm doing yeah i think that you said it perfectly first of all if you if you're not coming from a place of kindness that's definitely going to affect your social media that in a, in a big and that's really crucial i would that you said that i mean if, if you're getting on social media i mean i would never like hire somebody i want to work with them like you said Corey and i met she was kind she's extremely professional and i brought her on my show and there's just connection and that's that's a big part of it and it's about relationships definitely nobody wants to work in toxic culture and we can control that now right we have the choice of who we want to work with. I want to work with Corey. Like, I will always work with her. Like, we control that. Do you feel like virtual networking and social media is a good way for a business or HR professional to kind of keep an eye on the, the culture that they're providing to their employees or the culture that their employees are involved in? I, I think, yeah. Rachel, I'm going to let you go first, but I think yes. Um, I think that they can actually create the environment right now. And they can do it from not a place of like, it can become a place of a holistic space instead of that distance that's in companies where you know HR is here and employee, it, they now can make this all together in all one. They absolutely, they can bring everybody together. It's their option. They can, they can be more approachable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, a, and I've, I have a really good friend who's like taught me a lot about HR and it really is, is that person available? They can make themselves right now available. They can set up what the three of us are doing right now. They can bring down those barriers. I know a lot of people have, you know, they have a lot of thoughts about HR. They have a lot of fears about HR. What, you know, can they go to them? Are they approachable? So this creates it. Right, I agree. And it's changing so much right now that the remote world is inclusive of virtual networking, I feel. and. Yeah. It's got to become a part of their day-to-day. -day. Well, for HR, too, okay, so Rachel, I mean, her answer is awesome. So I like Rachel because she's very smart. So here's the thing. HR directors can not only benefit from, you know, being active on social and having their employees social. This is one of the things that gives them an opportunity for early warning signs that there is a problem. So if you start to see that somebody's being, uh, I don't know, closed off, or perhaps a little short in their replies on social media, then that's a warning sign that they're not happy. So there's that. But then the other part of this is, we talked about rapport earlier, building rapport. Because HR, so I worked for a company in my last job, and it'll probably be the last job I ever have because I'm a business owner now. So as long as everything goes well, I should be fine, right? But I can tell you this, I was in a different office than the HR folks. So I didn't even have direct daily access to them. They had no way to build a relationship with me. And frankly, I had no way to build a relationship with them because they weren't on social media, even though I am. So by having people more active on social media, they would have had a chance to help me understand them as a human, not as just a title, right? And so there is almost always that separation, especially the closer you are to entry level, it seems like there's a a greater gap in you know the the uh, relationship with the that employee at that level and the HR because HR tends to be closer to the ownership group so up the higher up usually not C-suite but right below it right and that's that's typically where they fall unless it's a obviously CHRO but 
um, for the most part, there's a gap in your blue collar workers, your entry workers, and even like your supervisor roles. And so by having social media and having them active, both sets, you not only get the early warning signs, but you also can make those friendships or the, that rapport building that can help you. What do we know in HR? It's way easier to keep talent than it is to replace, right? So if we can keep them happy, and, and, and first, the first step of that, keeping them happy, is identifying when they're not, I think. So if you can maintain a positive feeling, emotional connection between the HR team and your run, I hate to say your run of the mill, but your, your every, your common work staff, because everybody, the HR team is going to cater to the leadership team, of course, but get them to, to understand and, and socialize virtually in a network, you know, setting. I think that, I think it's huge advantages. So again, why should HR network? You want to retain your top talent. You don't want them to leave. That's a good idea. That Ira, they need to check in, right? Yeah. Which is important right now. I mean, I, I know people who like their companies haven't checked in, you know, this whole time. And like that, you know, and so if we're getting, if, we're, if they're getting in a conversation, they're seeing the employees and they're seeing, hey, Corey, how are you doing today? How's your family? How's everything? Ira, how's you, how are you doing? How's your family? Well, and I'll tell you what. Conversation change everything for them. What? Imagine this scenario instead. They reached out to you and said, hey, I noticed you, your you know, daughter just had her 18th birthday and she's getting ready to go to college. How, how, is, how, is, how are you feeling? You doing okay? You know what I mean? Like now you know they actually give a crap about you. Right. It's a huge difference between, hey, how's your family doing right now? And them asking a specific question they just learned. And all they really had to do is just go peruse through my social media profile to know that I'm heartbroken. My little girl's tearing my heart out because she's leaving to Florida tomorrow. Oh, um, they aren't remote. No, yeah, they're actually going to school. So wow. I'm not happy, Bob. You can not. move there with her. No, because I have all these other kids that don't want to leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. What is she going to? She's going to Pensacola Christian. I think it's Pensacola. It's PCC, Pensacola Christian College or something like that. It's in Florida. So it might as well be on Mars as far as I'm concerned because I can't drive there. Aww. Yeah, it's my first. So I have an older son who's already in school. In fact, he's going to be a junior this year. But it's different with boys and girls, right? So this is the first girl leaving me. And now I got another, my youngest is saying she wants to go to Paris. Whoa. I don't know. My kids are crazy. <laughs> But she's you six. have more time with her, though. I got time to convince her that Paris is the devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> There's Paris, Tennessee, so you could just send her there. It's the same. I live I live 10 miles from a, a town called Paris right here. And she's oh, like, no, Dad. The real. She says, no, Dad, the real Paris. Oh, the real one. <laughs> so then, okay. I so can the commentary on that. <laughs> I guess my biggest question then is, and I think most people have this, if they're not very involved in virtual networking, and a lot of people aren't and don't know why they need to be, but now that we've established how much they need to be, how does someone get started? What platform do they go to? How do you get started making those quality connections and building relationships? And, and how do you find ways to connect with people of similar interests? In order for the, well, they have to decide what's their purpose, right? What is the message that that they're putting out into the world. 
second of all, they also need to decide, is it, am I going to be surrounding myself with professional people or not? And that's why I choose LinkedIn. I choose to be around professional people. So that's, and then I'm not saying that other, other social media. What she's saying is drama free. That's right. Yeah, yes, I am saying that. So if they're, um, you know, if they're looking for like that reason and that space, I mean, if they gave the employees options, but if they want to, okay, let's say this, if they want to raise the bar on their social media and they're like giving a couple of options and said, look, you know, you're going to use Facebook and Instagram for, you know, friends and family. When we're talking about the business and we're talking about professionalism, this is your space. I'll, I'll say, I'll say this too. And Rachel started out this way, so it's good. You need to can always consider where you're trying to get to, right? So HR folks, I'm going to presume for the most part, are trying to find professionals. You need to be on LinkedIn. I mean, that just is what it is. And mostly it's B2B stuff, what I'm finding on LinkedIn, the more business to business stuff. The business to consumer, the B2C space seems to still have a stronger play on Facebook. And in Facebook specifically, it's in group pages, right? So you might want to join like 50 different groups that are associated with what you're trying to do. But to what Rachel was saying earlier, you have to know what you're trying to get. Are you trying to find a job? Are you trying to find investors? Are you trying to find future employees? Are you trying to find customers? You know, so you have to know where, what your demographic is, what you're trying to accomplish, what your demographics are, and then where do they live? Because I will tell you the number one thing people make, the mistake they make as a new social media person is they come in with a consumer mindset. What I mean by that is what am I going to enjoy? What am, what's going to entertain me? What do I feel like doing as opposed to thinking about it from a business perspective and the point of view of the other person on the other side. So one of the things that makes me different and what helped me grow my network so fast because I amassed almost 200,000 followers on LinkedIn in just two years time. And how I did it was stop thinking about Ira the consumer and start thinking about Ira the producer. Now, when I put my avatar hat on and I'm going, okay, I'm going after small to medium business owners. Usually they're 50 to 65 years old. They're not tech savvy, but they need help managing social media and creating media content for their websites or whatever. I stopped using terms that they didn't understand. I stopped making posts just about my business. So I started to figure out what people enjoy, not what necessarily I enjoy, right? And that's one of the ways that I learned about commenting. So the number one thing you can do, pick your platform. When I say drama free, here's what I mean. There are trolls out there on every platform. They just hate, right? Yeah. But there seems to be, I like to call Facebook the bait book because everybody likes to like go at it like they're angry. You know, we're men and women, so we can't get along. We're white, we're black, we can't get along. We're rich, we're poor, we're Republican, we're Democrat, we're Catholic, we're Baptist, whatever. I mean, it just seems like everybody wants to fight about everything. So I don't like Facebook for business. That's just my personality. Um, I love LinkedIn for the most part because I don't find those same animosities. I can talk to women, talking to two right now, and we can have a civil discourse even when we don't disagree or don't agree, right? We can, we can hear the other person's philosophies and kind of with that mindset of how can I get better? And maybe what can I add to the conversation? So maybe you learn something too. I love that. Um, the other thing is most 
people's business pages are going to share LinkedIn profiles, not Facebook profiles. So there's a clue too. But I will say this depends on the industry again, because I'm in the media business. I make videos and graphics and stuff. So I'm on Instagram. I use Instagram a lot. I also use YouTube. I also use Twitter. So it's not just LinkedIn or nothing, right? You have to kind of know what you're trying to accomplish. The other thing about beginners is don't read it like a newspaper. Just scroll and nod your head and keep scrolling, right? Likes don't mean nothing. Shares are the best thing you can do for somebody. So if you want to help them out, you really want to help them out, share their posts. But most post writers will appreciate a comment. So if you've already taken the time to read it, you can always do this. Here's your tip of the day, pro tip. You can always comment on the, the post itself. You can compliment the author or ask the author a question about anything, like where is that behind you, Rachel, if you know. You know what I mean? Because it's a conversation starter. Or you can engage with one of the other commenters. Like if they've said something and started a conversation, you can engage with them. Any which way you do that, you're increasing your visibility and you're helping the author of the post. So you're doing, it's win-win networking. And if you do that consistently, you're gonna gain followers, you're gonna gain connections like a weed. And before you know it, you're not gonna have trouble with that megaphone I was talking about before. When you go to say something, people are gonna see it. Because if you have the world's best crafted post and three followers, nobody's, gonna, nobody's ever gonna read it. You know what I mean? As soon as you start getting your snowball built up into avalanche size, then when you make a post, you know, I, I can I could basically say anything I want on LinkedIn and I get 50,000 views on it now because I have such a huge following. But it wasn't like that always. I had to build up that. So think about it from two points of view. Big, big picture, what am I trying to accomplish? And also think about it from the long game. Like it's not about today. It's about, you know, every day. This is, this is a marathon, not a sprint. I'm going to build on this thing continually, little bit by little bit, and it's going to build. And before you know it, you're going to have a huge following. So don't, don't lose heart that your post only got 50 views and my post got 50,000. You're not competing with me today. You're competing with your tomorrow and your next week and your next month and your next year. Just keep building. Hopefully that helps. And Corey, you know, without engagement, I just wrote this on one of my friend's posts that he was talking about engagement. Like, and I, I was honest, I said, if you don't engage, you're going to fail. I mean, yep. but, and, it, and it has to be, it's not really like a, if you come, I'm going to say this, because this really is the key, and you see it, and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are just taking from this platform, and you're not giving, you're doing it wrong. Yep. need to give you need to give on the platforms. You need to give back. And it need, it does, it's not about reciprocity. It's not about, it's about getting out there, engaging with people. That, that, that is really, really important. A lot of the people before I maxed out, a lot of the people that I connected with were people that I saw commenting on my friend's post. And I was like, oh, wow, that was, I really loved what that person just said. And then I would send them a connection request. I still, so I've been maxed out for almost two years and I still, cause people fall off. I don't know what it is. They don't like me anymore. They cancel their account or whatever, but usually like once a week I get an opening and you know who I fill those spots with the people I recognize in my in, but so, you know, I have anywhere from three to 4,000 people usually in my queue is what I call it. Right. Just, they just sit there and I don't hit, I don't know it anybody because I don't want to do that. Request? Sorry, friend request. Yeah. So, okay. so friend requests, 
here's a strategy and this will help tie us all together. When you do it, it helps if you actually start in the comment sections of their posts, right? Like comment on their post for a couple of weeks, then send them a friend request, connection request. And when you do that, send a note with it that tells them, you know, that you appreciate their posts and you want to continue to support their posts. You don't want to miss their posts, something like that. You give them a reason other than what they can do to help you. Cause that's what most people do. They try and pitch me. If right. they send me a message, it's like, oh, I want to sell you this software. Well, thanks for letting me know that you're just going to spam me nonstop. So I'm going to pass over that one. But the one who puts in what I'm going to, what they're going to do, what, why they appreciate me or what they're going to do to help me, that makes them stand out to me. And then when I do have that slot open up, I put them in. The other thing I'm going to say is a lot of people are confused on this platform or actually on all social media. They think that content is king and it isn't. On social media, engagement is king. You can build a huge following, a huge network, never making any posts. By only making comments, you can actually build a network just as fast. The, if I had to pick only being able to comment or only being able to make posts, I would pick the comment every time. And I'll outpace anybody who wants to argue with me. We can have a contest. We'll see who can gain more followers in a week. I'll do nothing but comment. You do nothing but post. Because if you make a post and never comment, you come off as being um, arrogant, right? Well, like, like Rachel oh, said, you take I'm too good to acknowledge you. You know what I mean? It's 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 the complete opposite. Social media, you, the the post is just a conversation starter. The best part of the post is the comment section. Mm -hmm. So you know when we make posts, we're just trying to get you to to say hi. We want to talk to you. We have a message we're putting out, right? Yeah. right. Well, and I think you both are very good at the engagement side and that's why you get so much engagement on your posts is I think a lot of people do do not realize that it's not about the content. It's about making those relationships and engaging with people so that they want to engage in your posts. Like Rachel and I, Ryan, know, I've noticed that almost on every post you have, pretty much all of them, you respond to every person. Every comment that someone makes, you have a response. Unless it's a thank you or a question. If it's, it's, a, it's an honor for people to show up, right? They're taking their time, yep. right? They're, they're taking their time to engage with you. They took the time for someone to like watch my content. And then they're saying, hey, Rach, this is what I thought about and they saw it. So I appreciate, I appreciate it. Well, Make it time to spend it anywhere, right? I'll tell you There's this too. I've noticed with Rachel and I like this about Rachel and I do the same thing. Like when somebody tags me in a post, and, and I'm engaging in that post because I, I, first of all, to be fully transparent, I don't see most of my tags because I get tagged a thousand times a day. So when my friends let me know that I was tagged in their post and they come visit it, then what I try to do is try to live with that post. So like, if you're going to engage in that post, I'm going to engage back and, you know, I'm going to try to stay there. And I real, Rachel does the same thing. And I think that's where people then want to tag me in future posts because they know like, oh, it's not just a ploy to get more views, this one. He's actually going to bring something to the table. Right. And so that's where I try to say, hey, can you tag me on stuff only when it's relevant, when like I'm actually relevant to the conversation, not just because you want <laughs> more views. And let me say this, Corey, uh, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. Corey, it is really, really obvious on social media when some somebody is being opportunistic versus being real. Like I could tell when... You know, my, like it's one of my friends, like I, I know, I know when I'm tagged what it's about. I can read through the lines and especially when people read the lines probably faster than most people, honestly, because we were good at this thing, right? So if you're trying to snowball us, like don't do that. 
just be straight up. Right. Like, I want, you might as well just say, I want more views. Here's the people I'm trying to bring in to bring me more views. Yeah. But and that it, doesn't it's make, obvious. It feel good. Yeah, it's not flattering. It's, it's actually, it's the opposite. You're ruining our relationship. Right. Well, and again, can you say that again? Yeah, you're ruining you're ruining our relationship. When you tag me, let's say it's about beauty products. Look at me. Do I look like I use beauty products? You know what I mean? I'm an ugly buck tooth dude. I'm five foot nothing. I'm overweight. I eat too many gummy bears. Um, so, so anyways, you know what I mean? Don't tag me in that. It doesn't make sense. If you're yeah, it needs to be relevant. Right. Right. What's funny that, Corey, the amount of tags that Iron I get, and then like I go through them, right? I'm like, okay, it's Corey's, I'm on it. It's Corey, it's Corey's egg. Or it's also the lack of, um, and we're, you know, when it comes to social media, let, let me say this if you're going to be on there, I'm working very hard to teach, to teach manners and etiquette. Yeah. I would not hire somebody who doesn't have manners or etiquette. Right. I'm, and that's what Corey knows is one of my goals, like in this next year is to everybody say, please, thank you, you're welcome. So when people are tagging you who you don't even know, and like Iris said, we can, we know, you know, we know it's very obvious. You've never talked to me before in your life, but there yeah. I am tagged in your post. Right. Well, I mean, no, that happens you. to me, so I can't even imagine how much that happens to you two. And, and it is, it's almost like they're trying to use you and not, not in the sense, in, instead it should be, hey, they're my friend, I want them to see this post. Not, hey, I want them to come and comment or like it to gain more views. That shouldn't and, be and like full disclosure, a lot of them will get mad at us if we don't respond, like they're put off, like, oh, I took the time to tag them, couldn't even give me a like or a comment. It's like, first of all, do you know how many people do that to me every single day? I can't keep up with them. My notifications have not worked on LinkedIn for a year and a half. Really? Oh yeah, because I have 182,000 followers right now on LinkedIn. I mean, I promise you, if you come and look in my, if I share my screen and open it up, I get 99 notifications every second. It's ridiculous. That's a full, it's a full-time job. It's yeah, it quit, it quit working. Between the private messages and the tags and hashtags, and then by the way, I manage a bunch of different business pages on LinkedIn too, and I get notifications for those. So you, you just can't, but the audacity of somebody who's never talked to you, never made a comment, nothing like that, to tag you in their post and then just expect that you're gonna come because you know I have 180,000 followers, then I, I owe it to them to respond somehow. It's like, no, dude, I, I owe it to my family to feed them. That's what and I don't say this, Ira, and when they don't say thank you. Oh yeah, and, that, and that never boy, that's a pet peeve. Yeah, and they, like Ira and I, you know, we show up and we say, you know, they were, you know, we're there to support people and to help people. But then it, it, and you heard me do a big post on this court. It comes down to attitude of gratitude over attitude yeah. of entitlement. Yeah. I can absolutely tell when someone is coming from a place of gratitude and when they're coming from a place of entitlement. I'll tell you another thing. I can be through a court. If they want you to comment on their posts, Tell me how much more likely you are to go if you've seen them in your posts. Like, dude, are you completely dumb? Because it shouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if you want me to engage with you, then you need to reciprocate. And really, you should probably do it first because a comment from Ira or Rachel is not the same as a comment from somebody who has no network. I'm just going to be like blunt. 
okay? Right. So if you want me to come do one comment on yours, which is going to bring 20, 30,000 people now, right? Because that's, that's what happens. Let's just be honest. It, I bring a wave. Whenever I make a comment or even a like on somebody's post, they notice it. But Can you explain that to people, Ira? Because honestly, some people don't, let, let's talk about that. This is good for your HR group. Can you explain exactly what following is? Because some people don't know, don't understand. Yeah, so there's a difference between connections and followers, okay? There is a limit to first degree connections. Now, first of all, you have to understand what all this means. LinkedIn is different than every other platform. On LinkedIn, if you're not a first, second, or third connection, you are limited to what you see. I liken it to an old-fashioned video game where the board was all dark or all white, depending on what game it was. You had an old-school flashlight in your hand, and if you turned one direction or the other, you could illuminate a little bit of the board, and that's really how LinkedIn works, okay? When you have a small network, you can only see a very small part. There's 675 million active users on LinkedIn, but you don't see them all. Even if you use a hashtag, like if you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook or whatever, and use a hashtag, you have access to the whole platform. But on LinkedIn, you don't. First, second, or third only. So on LinkedIn, if you have a direct connection, if I'm connected to Rachel, which I am, if I'm connected to Corey, I am, they're my first degrees. Now, if they have somebody, let's say the person's name is Paula. Paula is connected to Corey, but she's not connected to Rachel and I. Okay, because Paula hasn't figured out that we're good people yet. So mm. when Corey goes to view Paula's profile, she's going to see first next to their name. Cor uh, Rachel and I are going to see second. But because we're in that first, second, and third, when Paula makes a post, we actually have an opportunity to see it. When we search for content, we can see her stuff because we're linked in. That's what the name, where the name comes from. We're linked in first, second, or third, right? It's like a chain. But if it's a fourth degree of separation, like your Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separations, right? If you're, if you're more than four, it doesn't matter. So if I make a hashtag or if I make a post, they can't see it. If they make a post using a hashtag, I can't see it, okay? So connections, there's a limit, 30,000. That's the limit. So when I say I'm hitting that limit and, it, you know, like once a week, I get somebody drops off and I can backfill. That's what I'm talking about. I'm up against that 30,000 cap. Now, my, my firsts become your second. So when I'm connected to Craig or to Kirsty Bonner or to Brigitte or to Oleg or any of the hundreds of people that I have that have millions of followers, they all capped at 30,000 each, but you're creating a super, what I call super megaphone, right? Because now you're connected into LinkedIn almost to everybody, frankly, when right. you connect to me because of the people that I'm connected to. But now following is something different. Following, I can follow you whether you follow me back or not. So it can almost like think celebrity. Like I follow Bill Gates. Bill Gates doesn't follow me back. He doesn't know who Ira Bowman is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so we can follow them, but you can follow anybody. Now a following, when you're a follower of a person, if they make a post, you can, you have an opportunity to see it if it shows it in your feed but you're not necessarily going to see it. But that's what that really does. You cannot direct message them, which is the main difference between follower and connection. So Rachel and Corey can send me a direct message on social media and I can send one back to them because we're first degree connections. If you're second degree, most of the time the answer is you can't. You could send in mail, which you have to pay for, or you can join a group. This is a, this is a pro hack, by the way. 
join a group that they're in, go view their profile, join a group, and then go through the membership directory, and then you can send them a message that way. Oh, so wow. That's, 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 that's a tip. I have a video on YouTube about that, by the way, and LinkedIn got pissed off that I made that. <laughs> no, that's a really good one. So here's, so here's the thing. Followers, they can't see your hashtags, but they can get notifications on your posts. They can't necessarily send you a direct message. Now, I have a premium account, which allows me to open up my DMs to everybody, which I've done because I want, you know, people to reach out to me for help, whether that's coaching or for, for, for my work. Right. So there's that, but when you have a huge following and you make a post, so the algorithm's going to show, and I don't even know if we want to talk about algorithm. Oh my goodness. I could do an hour on that. Like, okay. Corey, are we staying on track for you? Yeah. I don't know if we have time to talk about algorithm, but yeah, so let's just do this. Okay. In your feed, when you're scrolling followers have an opportunity to see it, the more the post gets commented on, engaged and shared. This is why shares are so important. When you share a post, what it's telling LinkedIn is, hey, this is really good content and it's worth opening up. And so there's a there's an amplifier in the algorithm. It gives it a bonus score and that's why shares are the best, right? Comments are second best and likes are third best, but they're very weak. So the comments and the shares do much more than likes. So by doing that, it opens up more of that post to other followers in their feed and that's why hr that's why it's such an important conversation because people like i or me and you can go in and explain this to a company yeah. and say okay this is what you want to do this is how you want to set up because in all reality is you need a, you need a social media strategy in place right. you do you know exactly like i know exactly what you know i'm planning out for the week what my goal is what my objectives Here, and, let's, and let's put it on let's put it on the line Every company exists to do something. You've got a service or a product that you're trying to, to get out there. And when you make changes, if you have 50 employees and only one person's on LinkedIn and they have a small following because they don't really use it, you have no way to impact social selling. I mean, that's the bottom line. But if you have all 50 people online and some of them have bigger followings, let's say 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 followers, when they go to make a post about that announcement, now, it gets out there and you don't have to spend money. This is free. I make, and this always makes me feel really good. From June 5th, I launched my business. I have not had to spend one single penny in advertising at all. Wow. And I'm making more money each month. I'm having my best month already, right? So, you know, it's, it's incredible. The power of, I call it organic SEO. We'll get into that some other time. But basically, free because I use social media properly. That's the power of, that's the power of networking and why everybody should do it, honestly. Because I don't care if you're doing philanthropy work like I do with Project Help You Grow, or if you're doing something for pay, or, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be community outreach, it could be hospital stuff, it could be, you know, anything, any financial good or service, it could be any, any manufacturer. You have, the larger the workforce you have, you have the an opportunity to reach further faster if you just uncork or untap the social media potential, that's free. That's what's exactly it is. And I think, and I want to touch on what Rachel said. I think the biggest takeaway on virtual networking is is the fact that you should treat it like real in real life interaction. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Just because you're behind your computer, or behind your phone, 
does not mean you're, you shouldn't have manners, you shouldn't have the right attitude, you shouldn't engage, you shouldn't say thank you, you, you still should. It's just, Remember the golden rule? Treat others. Treat others as you treat yourself. Online, and actually I'm gonna tell you, so when you're doing the video stuff, it's actually a little bit easier because you get the nonverbal and, and the visual clues. But when you're just doing text only and you're typing, you need to be really, really careful with your word choice. Right. And if you're trying to be sarcastic, you need to put a ha-ha or give them a clue, like a little smiley face where they're crying. You know what I mean? Like yeah. give them a clue that it was a joke so that people don't think you're a jerk. You know you were joking, but they don't a lot of times. Yeah. The LOL. <laughs> they like, okay. You just gotta, you gotta make For sure that you get it, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to tease and joke. I do it all the time. I love to tease people as you guys have already figured out. But, but you know I'm joking and therefore, you know, and I, you don't want you don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to be the troll. I mean, at the end of the day, you're representing yourself and your business. So right, I'm going to add this for me. I don't know how Ira feels about this, but like <laughs> my first interaction when I kept with somebody in that first message and direct messaging, because honestly, that's where everybody fails in my opinion. That's why you hear me talk about all the time. The direct, that's where people fail. They fail on direct messaging. Their first impression is everything to me. Just request. like we walked into a cocktail hour, three of us, and I went up and said, hi, Corey, my name is Rachel Beck. And then, you know, or Ira, hi, my name is Rachel. We would introduce ourselves. We yep. would be polite. Yep. So that that is another part of social media that people are not, they're, you have the ability to either help your career or hurt your career. I would never do anything to damage could, my career. Could you imagine, Rachel, me walking up to you in a cocktail party or a networking event? You know, we're, we're at the bar, hotel, whatever. You know, the Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, right? That's what we used to do all the time. I walk up to you. I don't know anything about you. I see your name tag, Rachel, and I go, hey, Rachel, my name's Ira. I see you work for a fill-in-the-blank company, and I make websites for a living, and I'd really like to make your website. Would you like to buy a website today? I don't know anything about you. I didn't even take a breath to let you say hi back. I just went straight to pitch. People, do not pitch. So here's, I'm going to give you another pro tip. Pro tip. And I made a mistake. I mean, in the very beginning, Ira, when I started, and I started, I, I, I didn't understand that, and then I learned. And I share, I paid it forward to my network to say, hey, don't, don't make this mistake, don't sell. I'm gonna I'm be honest. When I was young in my 20s, I used to think the whole point of the networking events, the in-person networking events, was to run around the room and get everybody's card. If I left with everybody's card, I thought I was victorious. Oh, now I know it's the my exact opposite. That people if do. I leave with three cards or five cards, but I could tell you everything about that person, like, you know, I can call them on the phone, I can ask them about their wife, their kids, you know, their hobby, where they went to school, those kind of things, then I feel like I won. So here's what I tell people, networking. I don't care if it's virtual or if it's in person. Same rule applies. Make friends, not pitches. Use your posts to advertise what you do. Use your comments and your DMs to ask about people and to be social. Well, I think that's, a, that's the best um, advice you can give. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, but hopefully they do now. So yeah. I really appreciate the two of you coming on. It, it was great. I even learned some things that I haven't learned from you before. So I really, uh, I really think it was beneficial. 
What? <laughs> I send you a bill later. <laughs> send me a bill later. You know, Isaac, where I would support you anyways. If you like, were like, let's just make, make this a series. I would jump on with you because it's people need help. They so do. Bad. They no, do. And I and I and I think that the biggest problem right now is a lot of people don't think they need to social network or virtual network if they if they aren't looking for a job. And, and that's absolutely not true. Rachel keyed on it. If you go into this being nice to people and you look for ways to help them, proactively help them, don't even wait to, I mean, almost everybody will be nice to you if you're nice to them first, you know what I mean? So just be nice, look for ways like they need some help. You can help everybody on social media by sharing their posts. So if you're looking like, what can I do? You know what you could be? There's a hashtag on LinkedIn. It's called helping hands, hashtag helping hands. Every time you see somebody in your comments who just puts a hashtag helping hands, what they're really trying to tell you is they just shared your post. Wow. It doesn't cost anything yeah. to share posts. So share posts, you'll catch people's attention. Good pro tip. Yep. All right, thank you both. And hopefully you can come back again. All right, so we're back and it's about five months later. And so one thing we didn't get to discuss that I'd really like to discuss is how can HR professionals or people in general build their brand during this pandemic? And you know, why should they do it now instead of waiting until later? Well, it comes down to this, okay? A year ago, people were saying that they should wait, they should wait, right? So March is a year this pandemic's been going on in this country. So the people who waited, they just lost a whole year of marketing, of branding, and there's no reason for that. Right now is the time to be on social media. Right now is the time to build your network. Now is the time to build your brand. If you want to succeed in 2021, this is what you need to do right now. What do you think, Ira? I, I think that if people haven't jumped on social media and branded themselves digitally by now, the odds are they're not in business anymore. But I want to talk about one other um, huge benefit to doing this. Let's say for whatever reason, you didn't do it. You're going to start now. You're still in business. Praise the Lord for that, right? So you're still here. Uh, think about all your competitors that have gone out of business. Well, their audience, their clientele, they're looking for a new business to do business with, right? So branding, I don't care if it's personal or business branding. You got to be digital right now. Most people like we were talking about in the green room, 99.9% .9 of people are still not meeting in person. Like I live in Southern California. We are like locked tighter than an oil drum right now. It is like, you can't go meet people. You know what I mean? So what are you doing? You're doing Zoom calls. You're doing uh, the Microsoft Teams. You're doing uh, like LinkedIn networking stuff and Clubhouse and all these different things. There are so many ways for you to jump in however you feel comfortable. The Clubhouse, what I like about that, if you're not familiar with it, is it's audio only. So you're not on video, but it's still live real time and you can meet and you can be in, there's all kinds of different types of rooms, size rooms. But even if you're like, okay, well, I'm a Facebook person or I'm a Twitter person or I'm a LinkedIn person, you can, you can pick your area and do what's comfortable, whether that be text only posts or, you know, pictures and videos or video conferencing. I mean, you can still call people on the phone, but if you're not networking digitally, I don't know what you're doing right now. Well, yeah. I think that's a good point, Ira, that you made a, 
the businesses that went out of business, their clients need somewhere else to go. But I think that's also relevant for HR professionals that businesses that went out of business, those employees are now looking for a place to go. 100%. And they're totally missing the boat as an HR or professional recruiter if they are not virtually networking, creating their brand to draw those people towards them because they're not the only ones in search of employees right now. There are really, really, really talented folks that you would have never been able to hire a year ago that are available right now. And they don't know your company exists, but if you're creating a spotlight for the, a beacon, if you will, you know, to draw them in, you can get top talent at, I, I hate to say it because it's going to sound rude, but discount prices. People that you would, they're, they're superstar. They're five, they're five-star players. I don't care if you're talking about marketing professionals or, you know, engineers or whatever it is that you're looking for. It's amazing how many people are available right now that wouldn't have been because they were let go at no fault of their own. Their company had to downsize or the company went out of business. That happened to me. I don't know if this show, I don't know if this, we did this original before or after I was laid off, but I was ahead of my quota by a lot. And my company downsized because the print business, basically the floor fell out from it, right? 50% of our business was gone and, you know, they laid me off. I started my own company as a result because I didn't want to wait to find a job. But there's a lot of people out there that are looking for the work. Why? Because they want the, um, they want the salary, they want the benefits, they want the security that comes with employment. But the fact is they are superstars. So they're probably not experts at finding a job. You have to help them out and, you know, getting your, getting your message out there, building your audience will help you do that, help you find it. Yeah, and Corey, it comes down to this, right? Because you, you are, and I know this, are you willing to do what it takes right now? Right? Are you willing to take that risk of not investing in your company and in your brand, waiting another year, you know, for 2022 and going, what it should have cut, cut off, which the three of us don't do because we know the importance of it. We don't want to have the regrets of building what we're building right now in the middle of this pandemic. So there's really, really it comes down to there are absolutely no negatives to doing it right now yeah it's not gonna it there's just no negatives so that's what the hr people need to realize also let's talk about this for a moment because usually in business what are limitations limitations are either ability availability or budget in this particular case most hr professionals are not as busy as they normally are because you don't have all the office drama that's normally happening. So you don't have the inner office conflicts. Like one of the benefits of everybody working remotely is, you know, they're not driving each other insane. Office as, politics. Least, right. As much. Yeah. Right. So you don't have to deal with that. So you have some extra time. You have some free time. Budget. Of course, everybody's strapped. But the thing about social is it's pretty much free. You can do almost everything for free. And the things that do cost, like, you know, if you're going to buy a subscription to, you know, this or that, you know, to help give you an advantage. Usually those are, are relatively low. I'm talking, you know, $6 a month, $8 a month, $20 a month. You don't have to go nuts and you don't have to be a graphic artist. You don't have to be a professional videographer or however you say it, right? You don't have to do any of that stuff professionally to put out pretty good quality content. Anyways, so you have the time, 
you have the you know you have the capability and budget isn't a factor so there's really no excuse for you to do it right well and one thing i think that might be a little confusion confusing to some HR professionals is yes, they, they know how to market their company, get their company's name out there, but you know, what's the difference between marketing or pushing the brand of their company and ha versus just doing it for themselves as an individual? Cause I think that both are important right now. I mean, yeah. fortunately they could be that person that's let go because the company downsizes or closes and they have only at that point marketed their company, which they're no longer with. So you know, what are your suggestions as far as how do you brand yourself versus just branding the company? You can do it right now. You, you can do it by creating your social network. That's crucial, right? So if you're in a place where you're worried and a lot of people are very stressed out, they have a lot of anxiety, will they have a job in 2021? It's in your benefit to start marketing yourself. I mean, when it comes down to it, the, I mean, it's, it's a very honest question. When it comes down to it in the very, very end, who's going to take care of you? Is it going to be the company when they let you go or is it going to be yourself? So if you let go, but you've already started building what you're doing, you know, behind you're building your brand, you're doing social media, you at least have some kind of cushion, you know, to, to feel better that you're not like, okay, now I'm on my own. And now I have to start from, you know, the place of zero. Well, you don't need to do that. You can, you could be doing it right now. So let me just echo that. That's, that's my story. What happened? I built up a network of, you know, 250,000 people between my personal and my business page on just LinkedIn alone. Let's forget about the thousands and thousands of followers I have on YouTube and Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter, right? I have a huge audience across social media. When I was let go, I had the option to start my own business because I had the notoriety. I had the um, audience that most companies don't even have, right? So they gave me that option. But don't you think that other companies out there in the United States would be willing to bring someone like me on board as an employee? I had a lot of people reaching out to me saying, hey, would you consider working for us? I didn't want to move. That was the main thing, the reason why I decided to do what I did. But there's a lot of people who don't want to take the risk of opening their own business. So they're looking for employment. You're more valuable across the board. The bigger your personal brand is when you join forces with a company. In fact, the company that hired me the last time that laid me off, that was one of the things that they were interested in. I'm like, wow, you have a large social media presence. And we all see that it's going more and more this way. And this was pre-pandemic. Now it's even more important. So right. to answer your question directly, how do you do it? That's the question. Well, you're going to take your posts and you're going to have some of the stuff that's going to be not on topic. And I call that the personal interest to, because not everybody's going to be interested in HR. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's a topic that not everybody right. gets excited, excited about. So if you're only <laughs> drumming on HR, guess what? You're going to lose a lot of people. So talk about, look, I'll give you a perfect example. The Super Bowl's coming up here for yes. us. I couldn't give a rip about that game because my team, they're not playing. So what do I care? But I put up a poll and I said, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? And if you are, are you watching because you're interested in the game? You have a rooting interest in the game. Are you watching because of the commercials? Because frankly, that's more likely to get me than the game this year. Or are you watching for the halftime show, which 
I don't care about because I'm over 25, right? So, but it's fun. It's something that allows people to participate and you're building your audience. And then, right. you know, if you do like half of them, something like that, and the mm -hmm. other half about HR, you can become a brand expert and you can build an audience at the same time. Now, if you're smart, you're going to tag your business every time you post. And guess what you're going to do then? You're going to go into your business page admin and you're going to respond to that post. And then people are going to naturally start following your business page too, because they're going to see it a lot. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that's a business that actually is doing something. Too many people with their business pages are still treating them like PR, press release, right. public relation. I'm just going to drop a fact. Hey, we hired a new person or, hey, you know, we've got a new product. It's like, well, again, people don't care about that. What they really want to know is the personal stories. Give us on your business page is things like, Hey, you know, Corey's been with us for 10 years and we want to, you know, give you some fun stuff about Corey you might not know. Or, you know, maybe you had a new uh, vendor who signed up and they signed up with you. Why? Share a case study, things like that. That's what you want to put on your, on your business page. But if you start doing those things, both will grow. And like Rachel said, you get let go. Now you have more followers. You're more, you're a, your commodity is higher because you have another feather in your cap. Let's go HR. Let's speak HR real quick. You got two candidates. They're on paper. They're, they're exactly the same. They want basically the same money. You're trying to figure out which one to go with. One has 10,000 know, connections on LinkedIn. The other has 45. Which one are you going to hire? And I, I was just going to say, Ira, another thing is if you have several people in HR looking for the same position, you need to find a way to make yourself stand out. And that's not going to be by posting things about HR, unfortunately. And a lot of times the person who hires the HR director or HR professionals are not in HR. So you're right. They really don't care about the the uh, information that's being posted in regards to HR, they want to see the person. Most CEOs or most, you know, directors of operation or whoever's going to be making, if you're looking for an HR role, right? Senior role. Yeah. They're not reading the HR posts. That's boring to them. They're not passionate. They didn't get into business. They didn't create their business because they were on fire for HR. Right. 99% mm -hmm. of the time there are HR companies out there. Right. But most of us, HR is a necessity, not something we're passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and if you're writing things that, that they are interested in, they're more likely to, to hang hang with you and bear through <laughs> the industry-specific posts that you're going to put out there and be like, okay, well, that one's not, you know what I mean? But if you're sharing pictures about your dog, you know, you're telling anecdotal stories about, you know, what happened, you know, in your area, like you're in Nashville right now, you know, you're, you're visiting in Nashville, you know, and you're posting something about that's happening in Nashville after hours, you know, three years ago on LinkedIn, you would never see those posts and people would, would poo-poo it. But now it's like, that's the stuff people are looking for. Right. It's the comic book. It's the comic section of the Sunday paper. It's, it, nobody wants to admit it, but that's what they bought the paper for is to read those comics. You got to give them some of that. So Rachel, I have a question for you off the top of your head in your network. Can you think of at least three HR professionals that pop into your head that, you know, that you even know of, that even know that are HR? Yes. Yeah. And they're phenomenal people. I can absolutely. Yeah. And I've had them, I've had them on the show. I've had an HR person on the show talking about the do's and don'ts during this pandemic, because I think it's important for people to learn from HR professionals right now. 
But what um, do they do to make them stand out to you? Like, why do they stand out? They talk, they, first of all, like exactly what he was saying. They don't just talk about HR every day in their posts. Mm -hmm. um, he has phenomenal posts. And I remember everything that he says in his post. You know, he shares his story. Um, he's here to make this world a kinder place. So by doing that, and he, and he is a following. And right. he doesn't talk about HR every day, but I wanted him on the show to say, what do people need to know right now in the middle of the pandemic? Because that's important to hear from an HR person. The other thing that popped in my head, Corey, you want to know what some people could be doing right now, which they're not? Yes. They, they, they could be working on their, they could be working on their profiles. Mm -hmm. And Ira and I know the importance of this. I, I can't begin to tell you that when I run around and I'm, if I'm commenting on your posts or commenting on Ira's, and since I maxed out, what I do is I go in and I start following people on your post. They could do it right now. Class night, get work on your profile. I just had someone last night, he needs help with it. And then he realized that because of the way his profile looks. It's something. So that's something people could be doing right now at home. No doubt. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're lost on where to go, where to start, find somebody that you look up to who has amassed a following. And basically, imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? Right. <laughs> you know, start if you have no idea what you're doing on social media, find somebody who's doing it well and and imitate them. I mean, it goes to what I talk about all the time: informational interviews, right? If you're not sure what to do. Find somebody who's already done it and buy them coffee or lunch and ask them, you know, pick their brain.